This can be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you You better get ready. Now! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Do it. And welcome, everyone. Our number two of two is officially underway. Appreciate you listening in. Be it through that tower of power that is the game. 1037 Laugh Yet. Or out in Lake Charles, 1041. And also on your favorite smart speakers, just tell your Alexa to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It is just that simple. It's one simple button to push or one simple command to say. So appreciate you listening in on a Louisiana Saturday morning. But hey, it's a beautiful college football Saturday it's game day and brother we got a lot to get to namely my fave five picks to click and also because I wanted to move this to the top of the hour from the end of the hour one because I wanted to kind of free flow here and give you my thoughts on what how I picked and why I picked certain teams to win their respective games and also recap how last weekend went and more importantly to give you a perspective on the teams that matter here in the Acadiana area, and you'll be intrigued to see who kind of lands in my picks to click. Full disclosure, these are all teams from out of the area because I'm taking our local teams out of it. We're going to give them their own individual little bits and give you my take on some of those, and maybe I'll personally throw down some coin on those ball games separately. We'll talk about that more later. But now it's time for... My favorite segment, maybe it's yours, the Fave Five Picks to Click. The world-famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me 20, hit me 21, hit me 22. Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Now let's recap last week's action, which was, for lack of a better word, pabon. Mainly because of the Northwestern Nebraska game. Like right out of the gate, when I saw that uh, like over-under line, which I wound up taking the under at 51.5, I mentioned last week, and I don't have the tape ready, but I can tell you, I know for a fact I said that my gut wanted to go Friday night on the under at the time. I believe it was 63 and a half. I would have loved to have gotten that number because it was a 31-28 final. So if I had gone with my gut and did the five-leg parlay last Friday night, but instead of doing it Saturday morning, I probably would have gotten that right. Again, that's what happens, and that's a pro tip for all the gamblers out there. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. Mind you, my gut's gone down a little bit. My gut ain't as big as it used to be. 
But sometimes you got to trust that gut instinct. I got right. UConn plus 26.5. They covered the spread against Utah State. 31-20 was the final there. Vanderbilt, they were the overwhelming favorite. They did what they needed to do, and that was cover a really nice spread. Toronto Blue Jays' money line fell apart 2-0 loss. The foot theory did not come into effect in full because night before, the Angels put up like double digits or as foot calls in the little MVPs but they wound up getting the win over the Blue Jays. Then the Rays lost to the Red Sox 5-1. to one. My, Mind you, by that point, my parlay was already beyond recognition at this point. So yeah, 51. I wound up falling apart again. I only put $5 on it. It's a drop in the bucket for yours truly. And I mean literally. But this week, I think now that college football is here, pro football is right around the corner, I think your boy's going to be able to turn it around. And I got five picks to click for you this weekend, and we're going to start in the SEC with this one. And I'll go Arkansas Moneyline against Cincinnati. They're minus 240. Cincy, a lot like LSU in 2020, and that was before the opt-outs, was rebuilt. It was a rebuilding year for that program. I think 2022 is a rebuilding year. They'll still be up, but they'll be down comparatively speaking in terms of where they were in 2021, 2022 season. I think Cincinnati is going to take a step down. Arkansas is a really good team. I, I not, I'm never going to bury Arkansas with Sam Pittman, and I think this is a perfect way to start the season since he loses this one at 230. Under the bright lights in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and you have the Florida Gators at plus 105. Yesterday afternoon, last night, I saw that spread leaning more towards around 300. So I was, I was kind of tentative on it. The spread is about three and a half, and even then, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tentative on those kind of spreads when it comes to big marquee games like that. But I'm going to go with more of my gut here and go Billy Napier's Florida Gators pulling off the upset at plus 105 odds, taking the Florida money line and running with that son of a gun. Now, I said I wasn't a fan of the line for the Florida-Utah game. I am a fan, though, of the Liberty-Southern Miss line from the Flames' perspective. Southern Miss has been a bad team for a while. They have been on a skid I think there's no doubt in my mind, Liberty covers the three and a half points at minus 110. And I'll go with another team covering the spread, and that's Notre Dame plus 16. That's a two-touchdown underdog. Do I think Notre Dame wins? No. I think they do cover. Again, a two-touchdown and a safety spread. There's no way they don't hit a two-touchdown. They don't cut that lead to two touchdowns at the end, and they cover that 16-point spread at minus 110 odds. And the last one on my five-leg parlay, again, don't hold me responsible. If you want to put down some individual bets on this, go ahead. This is the place to be. And I'm going to go MLB with this last one because I didn't see a whole lot of like week one matchups that really intrigued me outside of the local games, which we'll talk about in a moment. But... 
Corey Kluber, over four and a half strikeouts thrown. So basically he throws five or more that catches. I think there's a good chance where that indeed happens. It's been a while since he's done it, but the last time he did it, it was against the New York Yankees on August 17th, throwing eight strikeouts. Hasn't done it since, but I think he hits that mark again tonight against the New York Yankees. And if all that hits, that'll net you a $87.06 in a payout on a five-leg parlay. That's kind of where your boy lands on a lot of the matchups in week one. I'll throw in a bonus bet as well. This won't be related to the parlay, but I just am absolutely bullish on one fight this weekend, and it's the main event of UFC Fight Night. Cyril Gaon versus Tai Tuivasa. I am bullish on a Tai Tuivasa win at plus 430. Last night when I was kind of putting together the list of matchups and kind of picks to click, I damn near put in Tai Tuivasa by KO, TKO, DQ. That's currently at plus 600. I think I'm more comfortable with Tai Tuivasa at plus 430, just straight up winning more than anything. So that's a little bonus there for you if you are a true degenerate gambler. But I want to also bring up some of the matchups across the state of Louisiana, more importantly, the games that you care about the most here in southwest Louisiana. Obviously, let's start off with the Louisiana Raging Cages, which I think is an interesting line, and it speaks to how much southeastern Louisiana has been able to kind of handle their business in certain ways. And right now, it's a 13.5-point spread. And if you don't know, spreads are usually they're minus 110. It's pretty much a flat rate all the way around from that perspective. Then we kind of look at the over-under. That's at 61.5 points. Money line, I'm surprised the money line's up here for an FCS versus FBS matchup, but Cajuns are overwhelming at minus 490. And that's kind of where I want to touch on first with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and how this all works out. Last night I saw this, it was more of a 14.5-point favorite. I would have just thrown it down on that. 13.5 I'm a lot less tentative on, and it's 61.5 is the over-under. And there's a very distinct reason why I like to take the – I would like to take the under here at minus, at 61.5. Again, this is minus 110 odds. I think the Cajuns, because they have been a team – that has kind of hovered towards the under over the last couple of years. 14 of their last 15 games have hit the under total. 61.5 is a, is a high number. I think that's probably where I'd want to be. But if you're interested in seeing some of the other kind of spreads and where they land in terms of you know the game props, because there's nothing too crazy. But if you want to take... The Cajuns, as the first to score, that's at minus 175, Southeastern, minus 135. And that's any score at all. Don't forget about that. Then we've got some other games going on this weekend across the area. 
and one in particular out in Bozeman, Montana. And I was surprised to see this pop up on FanDuel. And they have right now, McNeese State is 19.5 point dogs. Like right now, kickoff for this contest is going to be at 7 o'clock. The over-unders at 41.5 and, and McNeese State minus, plus one, 920. Plus 920 underdogs against Montana State, who's heavily favored. Personally, I'd probably lean towards the McNeese game. I'd probably say McNeese over under 41 and a half. If you're if you're really wanting to get into the minutia, I think the over on 41 and a half does cash. That feels like an easy win there. But let's look at LSU because LSU's got a lot more interesting kind of ramifications and also Interesting how they have that one because it's the one and only game on a Sunday night. So they have prop bets coming out the wazoo here, including passing props, rushing, receiving props, all this stuff. And we're going to get to that right now. But let's get to the basics first. You have your odds. LSU currently three and a half point favorites over under at 49 and a half. Now the line on the spread is, Minus 120, people are thinking that Florida State does indeed cover, and I can agree with that statement. So because of the fact of how history is, three. if you have something that's three and a half, if it's three, because I saw it last night at three, I was very much tentative on that. But three and a half, I wouldn't mind taking a little bit of a risk on a three and a half on Florida State to cover that spread because I think it's going to be a very competitive ball game and could come down to the wire. I think that's also the fact that people are starting to buy in a little more on the Seminoles in terms of the money. Over under, I I absolutely think an over could cash here at 49 and a half. But I'm intrigued to see the LSU team points because I was looking at that last night just seeing, again, I like team props and seeing how Things shake out. LSU at over under now 26 and a half. Last night I had this listed. Oh no, same thing. 26 and a half. I think that could be an easy over at minus 115. And a couple other props here. You've got Treshawn Ward at over under half a touchdown. And the over is a plus 145. I'll say this run, 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 run towards that. He had two last week against Duquesne. Yes, it was against Duquesne, but I think you could have a rushing touchdown from Treshawn Ward of Florida State. In terms of the local kid, I think Kayshawn Boutte, his is over under half a reception touchdown. So again, this feels like basically in any touchdown bet that you see a lot in the NFL. So over under, I would love to take that over at minus 130 because I think he's going to be a target for Jaden Daniels. And also on the note of Kayshawn Boutte, he's at over under 75 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. Malik Neighbors, same kind of odds, but his is over under 40 and a half. I would love to run to that over 40 and a half for Malik Neighbors. If I put that together in a parlay, personally, I'll go Florida State. I'll have them covering the spread. And I'll go ahead and go with the 
rushing, receiving prop of Trashawn Ward, touchdown. Then we're going to go over on Malik Neighbors, 40 and a half yards. Then we go over half a touchdown on Kayshawn Boutte. And we'll go team props, LSU total team points. I'll go over 26 and a half. Okay, that one does, that was not going to count on the old DK, not Donkey Kong. But let's just make this a four leg parlay. Oh, I, I need to activate same game parlay. I keep forgetting, need to do these things. I don't do the same game parlays all that often. So three and a half. Why doesn't let me do it? Come on now. I need I'm I know technology. So that I'm gonna do three and a half for Florida State getting the win. Then we're gonna go to Kajan Butte. This one is and this is more alternate receiving yards. And I'm saying Kajan Butte 60 at minus two twenty, I'll take that. Team scoring props. Florida State, LSU over under. I'll go. I'll take over on twenty and a half points. Again, I'm doing the SGP same game parlay, and let's go LSU. LSU leading at the half and leading at full time in terms of the end of the game. And we're gonna go with one more pick here to click here for this game. This is more of just a, a little bonus ball, if you will. But that'll be a four-leg parlay. Let's put our unit down. Again, my unit is typically $5. And that'll hit $75 if it cashes. So that's me breaking down my picks to click for this week. And also just looking at some of the local teams. Give you an idea of how you need to kind of lean for these games. We're going to take a quick timeout. Come back. A little quick segment. Talk about the Cajuns as they open up a new era with Coach Dez. Later today at Cajun Field against Southeastern Louisiana. And also, we're going to have on Dustin Lewis at the bottom of the hour talking Florida State Seminoles are back after this on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more under the dome with CD right now on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yo, all right, there we go. Had some technical difficulties. Microphone decided to act a little wacky, but we're back with Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Live yet, and 104.1 Lake Charles. We got your chance to score tickets to the Houston Astros live in living color with our final Astros weekend getaway giveaway. Right now, you have a chance to see the Astros take on the Tampa Bay race on October the 1st. All you have to do is sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And here's the thing. It's not just going to the game. No, no, no. We're going to hook you up with hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. We're also going to hook you up with a tour of 
Minute Maid, which, by the way, if you haven't been lately, if you won previously, you know what to expect. But I'll tell you what, if you haven't won yet, hurry up and go enter into win because you have a chance to see some amazing things, especially how things have been renovated over the last, let's say, five, six years. Last time I went, Tal's Hill was still around. I'm still a little bitter about that, but you have a chance to see the Astros in action right before the postseason begins. Thanks to the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. I want to talk about the Cajuns real quick because, again, this is its not quite as important as it is for Brian Kelly to win their match tomorrow night against Florida State. But the Cajuns, I think it's important to start off the season with a win. It's always important. But I think against a team like Southeastern Louisiana, it's huge to start off with a win because I think that's the expectation. And when it comes to the Vermilion and White under Coach Dez, I think there's a lot of expectations for this team to continue to be a 9-10 win team, which is a great thing to see. And the fact that this is the first time that we're seeing a Cajuns head coach actually take a vertical leap. Let's just say that much. He's taking a, a move vertically in terms of his career. You look at a lot of the head coaches in the past. Ricky Bustle largely disappeared off the face of the planet. Coach Hud went down to FCS. Now he's coaching high school football in Alabama, hanging out with Dave Schultz. I want to say something else, but I'm not going to. Go ahead and shut up after that. Going to take a cue from our guy Schultze out in Alabama and just go ahead and shut up. But Billy Napier takes what HUD built, spent a few years really honing his craft, and more importantly, showing how much he has he is a saber disciple to the T and has learned from Davo Swinney as well. Took all that utilize it at a smaller program and got it done. Now he's able to parlay that into a bigger gig with the one and only Florida Gators. That's never happened before with Cajun. It's always been you kind of go into auto insurance and you go into car salesman stuff after your time with the Cajuns wraps up or you just retire on the football front, I should say. Now it's time to see how this team continues to rise and I think they can win the Sun Belt West relatively easily I think Troy as much as I buried him I still think they could be a team that shakes it up a little bit thankfully you're not in the East and now you got to deal with Old Dominion who beat Virginia Tech last night so the Sun Belt Conference already immediately got a dub over a Power 5 program Spotlight shines on you, Cajuns. Spotlight shines on you, App State, who's taking on North Carolina tonight. I was doing some picks earlier in the show. And App State, North Carolina should be a fun ball game. But I absolutely feel like the expectations for the Cajuns, they're, they're lofty. But I think that's more because of the fact that you were all the way up here at the Highest this program has ever been, the zenith of this program. I never in a million years thought there'd be a situation where the Cajuns were 
a team that only had one loss, and it was against Texas. And then they completely mollywhopped everybody else around them. That was a mind blow in and of itself to see that in 2021. I never thought I'd see a Cajuns team get 10 wins. Again, I grew up whenever the Cajuns were kind of in the doldrums. They had their moments, 1996 beating A&M. I was at that game. I've talked about it a billion times. But that was literally the only moment people had to cheer about the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in 96. I think they only had two other wins the whole year. So I saw the downtimes, but this is the uptimes. And I think the microscope is going to be on Dez like crazy. Because again, we all talk about how he's just got a great mind for the game. But this is the first time he's going to be a head coach with a whole lot of guys where there was a lot of turmoil with the team where after Napier left, Basically, everybody who was really good was getting snapped up like crazy by the bigger-name programs. See Billy Napier poaching some guys to come over from Florida. Alabama taking some guys. LSU taking some guys that could be impact players in 2022. It's going to be interesting, and I think fans need to temper their expectations just a little bit. Personally, I'd say around I the over-under is eight and a half. I think nine wins is absolutely feasible. It's on the table. You don't play App State, you don't deal with Coastal, you don't deal with Old Dominion. I think you'll be fine with a nine and three record. Because again, you've got some games that are swings. We talked about it last week a lot on the show. I think they could start off four and If they start off four and all bets are off. Marshall could be a tough ball game. Southern Miss feels like a win. Arkansas State and Troy are your two kind of swing games in that schedule. Now, how that all pans out, you're asking a guy that I don't know what's going to happen with Chandler Fields, Ben Woolrich, how that combination works out. Because, again, it seems like it's the Levi Lewis model, and Andre Nunez is going to be – Chandler Fields playing the role of him where he's going to be out there three drives and then one drive. Ben Rollridge is out there to kind of get him some experience because, again, Chandler Fields goes down. You need to have somebody that's ready and is able to get up. That's just from my POV. We're going to go ahead and take a quick time out. We got our guy, Dustin Lewis. We're going to talk to him about those Florida State Seminoles, how they've been preparing for the Tigers without knowing who their quarterback is. We get to that and more. Next, on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, we are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Football season is here, and we want to hook you up with an opportunity to be the tailgating king, complete with the crown. And trust me, we're not going to get one over at Burger King. 
because we want you to be the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You can score $500 to Chops Specialty Meats, a brand new grill with all the accessories you could ask for, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games. What more can you ask for? Well, we got so much more up for grabs for you as well in this ultimate tailgate giveaway brought to you by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. Just go ahead and sign up today in The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. Now we're going to kind of flip things back over to the big game Sunday night, LSU, Florida State, Bright Lights, inside Caesars Superdome. And to do that, we got to talk with Dustin Lewis. He is the editor-in-chief for Knoll Game Day, which is part of SI Now, and also the co-host of the Hear the Spear podcast. Dustin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me this morning, Clint. Really excited to talk about Florida State and LSU for a little bit. It's going to be a fun ball game on Sunday night. First things first, how is the team preparing? Because it's interesting to see the strategy of Brian Kelly not mentioning who the quarterback is going to be. How do you prepare for that? Are you looking at previous year film? Because, again, Notre Dame played Florida State last year. Brian Kelly was the head coach. So you can assume, based off of the film that you had last year, that's kind of the offense they might be running with over in Baton Rouge. It's not easy, right? Uh, most teams typically come in and they've already announced a starting quarterback. And like Brian Kelly said earlier this week, LSU knows who's going to come out there and take the first snaps on Sunday night, but they're holding that close to the chest until kickoff. And that means Florida State, they're preparing for Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. And they've been doing a lot of different preparation throughout the week. Uh, I know Coach Norvell and, and defensive coordinator Adam Fuller and some of the players themselves, they said they've, they've been watching some Arizona tape, Arizona State tape for Jaden Daniels. They've gone back and looked at some high school huddle tape for Garrett Nussmeyer as well as his film from a year ago, and they've looked at some of the stuff that the new offensive coordinator did. So they're really trying to prepare for any and all avenues on Sunday night. And to me, like, and I think the consensus is it's going to be Jaden Daniels because, after all, if you have a transfer quarterback, more often than not, they are the ones that's going to start. See guys like Etling and Joe Burrow. But what is the consensus amongst the Florida State media? Is it more leaning the same way? Yeah, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Uh, for the most part, we all think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. And during our last practice availability prior to heading over here to – New Orleans on Thursday, we got to talk with a couple Florida State players after practice and starting linebacker Tatum Bethune, he actually said the same thing, that they, the Florida State defense thinks Arizona State transfer Jaden Daniels is going to be the one to trot out there and get the first snap. So I guess we'll just have to see. You know, we're less than 48 hours away from kickoff now, and it's it's going to be exciting. Looking at, obviously, the big, uh, looking at Florida State side of things, how are things – looking in fall camp and how does the team look on the offensive side of the football because they're gonna be taking on a team that has been well established as being a good defensive front especially their front seven is looking a lot better 
For sure. Well, yeah, what Florida State opened up their season last weekend with a 47-7 win over Duquesne, which, you know, it's an FCS team. So it was basically a warm-up game. Florida State, they were able to compile over 400 yards rushing, six touchdowns on the ground. So a lot of, a lot of run heavy last weekend. They didn't do as much um, through the air. But I think you're going to see the same thing in this game. Florida State, they're going to try and come out with a run-heavy approach against that tough front four that LSU boasts. And, I mean, it's really going to come down to that offensive line for Florida State. They've had a couple injuries throughout the preseason. Starting center, Maurice Smith, was not available for the win over Duquesne last week. Coach Norvell kind of been a little sly with his status throughout this week. We'll see if he's able to go on Sunday night. And then the same thing with another crucial player on the offensive line, Darius Washington, who's a guy who can kind of flip between center guard or tackle. He's been dealing with some stuff. So we will see if he's um, available to play. That would be huge for Florida state as far as battling with that LSU front four. But really for me, it's uh, the passing attack because Jordan Tra- quarterback, Jordan Travis, he's made some improvements over the off season, but Florida state, they really went revamped that wide receiver room uh, brought in four transfers, Seems like um, Johnny Wilson, Deuce Span, and, and Micah Pittman are going to play big roles for Florida State in the passing attack. And then you've got rising sophomore Malik McLean, as well as um, returning six-year player Ontario Wilson, who can get involved in there as well. So I think Florida State, they're going to try and run early against LSU, but if they're not having success, um, they're definitely not going to have 400 yards worth of success like they did against Duquesne a week ago, but if LSU stuffing them, I could see them trying to go to the air to test that Tiger secondary that's trying to break in five new defensive back transfers. What are the expectations to see with them? Uh, Treshawn Ward, who last weekend had a couple touchdowns in the win over Duquesne, you brought up the run game. I think that could be a crucial part of this ball game based on what I've seen from Ward again last week against an FCS opponent, but what are your expectations for him in terms of a role in tomorrow night's contest? It's been a while to watch uh, Tashawn Ward over the last couple of years. He entered Florida State's program as a walk-on, was able to earn a scholarship prior to the beginning of last season, and then played a nice second fiddle role to Jay Sean Corbin, who's now on the practice squad with the New York Giants in the NFL. But, I mean, he took on a huge leadership role for Florida State over this offseason, came into fall camp, maybe un- overshadowed a little bit by – the transfer Florida State got in Trey Benson, and then you have Lawrence Toa Philly, who's made some really impressive improvements over the offseason. So really a three-headed monster at running back for Florida State, and Treshawn Ward is kind of the leader of that. And we saw last weekend, I mean, he's a really shifty dude, likes to utilize a spin move a lot. But if you're if you're asking me about a running back that might show out tonight, I, I might have to go with Trey Benson, who is a guy that just got to Florida State um, over the offseason, impressed during spring practice while coming back from a – pretty catastrophic knee injury that he suffered a couple suffered a couple years ago. And then he came in uh, against Duquesne last weekend, which was his first game action in college in about two years now, and was able to record a 43-yard touchdown run up, up the sideline where he just showed some tremendous burst. So I think Treshawn Ward is more of that steady presence throughout the game, but Trey Benson might come out there and hit a home run. On the defensive side of the football, who's going to be an X factor to watch? For me, it's hard to go with just one guy. Um, I think it's I think it's like LSU. You have to look at Florida State's front four with that defensive line, especially the interior and out there on the edges. Um, Florida State returning a lot of experience on the interior, particularly Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett. And then behind that, they have Jarrett Jackson and Malcolm Ray, who 
both played ample time. So they really have four or five guys in that interior defensive line who, who can get in there. And then on the edge, they're still figuring things out. They're integrating a transfer in Jared Burst, who FSU is expecting some really big things from. They've got a returning guy in Derek McClendon, who has looked pretty good, and then some other guys behind that. Um, but, yeah, they're still replacing a lot with Jermaine Johnson and, and Keir Thomas moving on from that defensive end room. But, I mean, my eyes are really on that defensive front against against LSU's revamped offensive line. As, you know, LSU, they're replacing the left side of that offensive line. They've got Will Campbell, true freshman, left tackle. They've got center Garrett Dellinger, who hasn't yet played the position in a collegiate game. So I think that could be the X factor, along with LSU's defensive line against Florida State's offensive line. Whoever wins that battle at the line of scrimmage is going to put themselves in a position to come out on top in this ballgame. Looking at the game tomorrow night, just what are the keys to victory for Florida State, and what does LSU have to key in on to kind of stop this Seminoles team from maybe trying to pull off an upset that they almost had back in 2021? Yeah, like I said, I think the key is at the line of scrimmage, but what really might win this game is the passing attack uh, from both sides. For Florida State, is that revamped wide receiving core, along with Jordan Travis, going to be enough going against LSU um, with five defensive back transfers trying to build some chemistry in that defensive backfield. That is going to be huge. And then on Florida State, I think the back end of the defense against LSU's passing attack is something that hasn't been mentioned a lot this game. I know everyone's eyes kind of go over to Kayshawn Boutte when you think about the LSU wide receiving core, but then you've got Jare Jenkins, Jack Betch, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, five returning receivers who had 350 or more yards in 2021 through the air. And Florida State, they are returning some depth, um, particularly at safety. When you look you look at their corners outside of uh, starters, Morion Cooper, Kevin Knowles, and Bernardo Green, the depth is a little suspect. So I'm really interested to see the kind of looks that they throw at that LSU wide receiving core to try and shut down the passing attack. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road and enjoy the start of college football this weekend, brother. Thanks so much for having me, Clint. I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, we will be having a great day because it's game day. How can you not be in a good mood talking college football and actual games, not projections, predictions? All that bleep is over. It's time for football, the pigskin flying full bore. Meanwhile, my timeline is getting filled more and more with soccer talk and EPL, which is still cool, mind you. Definitely was a lot of a frustrating start to the season for Manchester United, but that's a different conversation for a different show. But I'll say this. This show is about to wrap up, but there's still spots available inside my fantasy league. During this break, if you want in, give me a call. 337-706-0111. I will send you a link to our sleep wrap. I'll go ahead and get your information. We'll put you in. Send you that invite. That way you can join the Under the Dome League. We're drafting tomorrow night at 5 before Florida State, LSU, more importantly for me, before AEW All Out. Because your boys are going to be absolutely wall-to-wall covered with sports and sports, entertainment, wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Your boys going to be in a different mode this Labor Day weekend. 
So if you want to get in, 337-706-0111. As soon as I go to break, we'll be taking some calls, getting you set up, and we'll ride on one final take. And, yes, we are getting to the college football playoff field expansion next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Before we close up shop here on Under the Dome, CD has just one more take to fire off before he drops the mic. Is it going to be a take that lands on the Scoville scale? Or is it going to be as cold as the pizza in your fridge? Let's listen in and find out. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. One final take. And we got one more spot available in the Fantasy League. I'll stick around a little bit after the show because, you know, I got to get these things up online. If you miss anything, make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search Under the Dome with CD and you'll find the broadcast in full, hour by hour. You'll be able to hear everything that we had talk with Steve Lassen of Athlon Sports about. What we just talked about with our guy Daniel Lewis, part of... Uh, Noel Game Day, which is part of uh, Sports Illustrated. Talk about LSU, Florida State. And also my thoughts on my Fave 5 picks to click for the weekend. So make sure if you miss any of it, we'll have it up before too long. Chad Stelly claimed one spot, but we got one more spot available. So again, after I sign off here, go ahead and get in on the action by giving me a call at 337-706-0111. And hell, if I don't get one by the time I leave, I see some people who listen to the show at the tailgate today at Cajun Field. I'm going to ask you to join the league. Bottom line, no cap. I'm telling you. Because I want this league to be the best. And again, we're drafting tomorrow at 5 o'clock. It's a PPR league because my second to last take is PPR is the way to be. Non-PPR leagues are communist in my heart of hearts. But that's a different conversation for a different day. My final take, though, is the college football expansion from four teams all the way to 12. Like, they basically just made a quantum leap. I think it's a great idea. But I'm more intrigued by the idea that they added in where it's going to be the six highest-ranked conferences. Now, how do you measure that? That's the question that I'm wondering. Because it'll vary from year to year. Do you de facto go with a AAC conference team, the champion? Or is it going to be the Sun Belt? Because obviously now, hypothetically, again, this is purely my thought process here, if we were to have a 12-team playoff right now today, it's probably going to be Alabama, Georgia, coming out of the SEC. You've got Ohio State. I'll just throw in, you know, Michigan just for the giggles and grins here as your two from your group of five, from your power fives in terms of the big dogs. Clemson, I think Notre Dame's going get to get in it most years. The Big 12, pro, like whenever the this thing begins, I'd say probably Baylor is one of them. 
Baylor, and Oklahoma State. Again, just purely hypotheticals. And right now, I'm at eight. Haven't even gotten to the Pac-12 yet. Pac-12, you're probably going to wind up getting Oregon in there. And beyond that, I have no idea. Because, again, this is going to be based off of what the new divisions look like. And then you've got two more spots left. How do those teams fit? Who winds up making it in? Is it a Sunbelt team? Is it an AAC team? While it seems on paper it's completely fair, and they're going to have these at-large bids, but here's the thing. Those at-large bids are going to be taken by teams that would have been, is they're going to move away from conferences. So basically it's going to be those those guys and gals who are the winners of their respective divisions are going to take those at-large bids. So it seems on paper it's a great idea. And honestly, I think 12 teams are better than four. But I feel like it's just pretty much saying, hey, the championship games won't be a thing anymore, and we're just going to go ahead and move forward with that. I'm just wondering how it's all going to shake out, how that's going to affect bowl season. Because more likely than not, some of these lesser bowl games are probably going to go away to make room for these much larger in scale ball games. Just my thought. Appreciate everybody listening in and as well as calling in. And if you want to get in and out of the league, give me a dial at 337-706-0111. Going to stick around here a little bit after the show. But if you don't, well, guess what? I'll see you at the Cages tailgate enjoying some college football. We got some great college football on tap this weekend as well with a big game Thanks to Westwood One's coverage of college football. We got that going on. We also got, obviously, the LSU Tigers on a Sunday night against Florida State. But until then, I'm Clint Doming. This has been Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.